umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with clint derringer and we're going to preview michigan's game versus maryland well clint how do you feel about this one well i think it looks a lot like uh some of the other home games that we've seen in the Big Ten. You know, Maryland's down um, as they usually are after the first month of the season. You know, they usually don't uh, sustain much success into October, November, and this team is uh, not really any different. You know, um, they are they can be explosive on offense. Uh, you know, Mike Loxley is a, kind of a spread-passing uh, expert. But uh, I don't know that he can put together an entire package, right? He's, he's, they're going to throw the ball 45 or 50 times likely in this game. And uh, with the pressure that Michigan can build, can bring, um, you know, Tunga Vailo is going to be running around for his life, and, and he tends to make some bad you know, mistakes. So I think it's going to be a little bit crazy. You know, uh, Maryland will probably make some some eye popping wow plays on offense, but um, I don't know that they can stop Michigan with their defense. This uh, Maryland's defense is seventy third right now in SP plus, and that's the lowest that Michigan has seen since back in the, the third game against NIU. And uh, you know, so seventy third, the lowest ranked defense. The next lowest ranked that we've seen would have been Indiana's couple weeks ago and they were 53rd 20 spots higher than than these maryland terrapins so um i you know you think you should just be able to create a, a solid game plan and execute and and win convincingly try to get the depth guys in there uh, as early as possible and take care of business but the, there'll be some a little bit of craziness for maryland because they they do have some talent over there so just to kind of look at it from a high level maryland's five and five Two and five in the conference. Their two wins were they eked out a win over Illinois, third game of the season, twenty to seventeen, and their other conference win was thirty-eight uh, thirty-five over Indiana, and that was homecoming. So you know, good for them. But so I think the question, Clint, is when Michigan Michigan's coming into this game and. Looming on the horizon is the, is the death star of Ohio State, right? And, you know, we say you got to play one game at a time. And we know that when teams don't focus on the task at hand, bad things can happen, right? So the question is, yes, Maryland has the, uh, you know, the, the puncher's chance for some big plays, right? But... Is there a combination of factors that we can see where Michigan could overlook Maryland, you know, looking ahead to Ohio State? And is there any way you think Maryland can, can sustain, um, you know, more than a quarter or two of, a, of, of high level of play? Well, I think the, the problem, number one, for Michigan is, is injuries, right? Not having uh, Blake Horam likely in the lineup is um, – is one thing, you know, we've seen Hassan Haskins carry the load at running back. We know that he's very capable, but missing the, uh, the zoom part of our uh, boom and zoom combo 
still has an effect, right? That that Haskins is definitely going to make his, uh, you know, make his in in around the tackle, just off tackle, inside, right? That uh, unless Donovan Edwards takes a step forward here, we don't really have that same threat of speed and uh, explosiveness out on the edge. So you're you're you've kind of limited, you know, how you can attack defense and and what you're making that defense defend. So that's one thing is just just injuries, Blake Quorum especially. I think Eric All um still hampered by that, you know, by that leg or ankle or foot injury, whatever it is. He's probably um gonna see reduced snaps in this game. So just having some of those guys out uh likely is is gonna be part of it. Um the mental challenge like you mentioned uh with with a big potential matchup with Ohio State next week. I think is is definitely a factor. You know, uh, people can say the, all the right things, and it can be true when they say it. You know, but it's still. I know I'm having a hard time thinking about Maryland and not Ohio State. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm not a kid, <laughs> so I can can only remember. You know, can only imagine how hard it is for 18 to 22 year old kids to stay focused on the task at hand with uh, with a huge matchup like that. So. And then it's on the road again, right? It's a long road trip. You know, Maryland is you know, all the way out, you know, near the East Coast. So it's it's going to be a challenge to uh, you know to travel, stay focused, and, and execute. But uh, what we've seen from this team, right, is that the player leadership has done a really good job of helping keep um, keep those guys focused. You know, guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Ross, Cade McNamara. Eric All, uh, Andrew Vistardis, those guys have done a really good job leading by example and, and keeping guys trained on the, the task at hand. So I, I think that they will be able to do it, but it is certainly not out of the realm of possibility that Michigan is a, a little sluggish in this one with all of those factors kind of adding up. Um, when it all boils down, though, Michigan is better on offense than Maryland is on defense by a wide margin. And uh, Michigan's defense is better than than Maryland is on offense. Um, you know, against similar defenses earlier in the season, you know, Maryland put up 14 points against Penn State, 14 points against Iowa, 17 points against Ohio State. You know, those are the teams that compare defensively closest to Michigan. Maryland last week came up with 21 points against Michigan State, so. I think when I when I look at it, I think Maryland ends up somewhere between fourteen and twenty one points, and I, I think I split the difference and said they'll probably score seventeen. So, in a weird uh, happenstance, when Maryland joined the Big Ten when it was announced, right? I happened to be on Maryland's campus for a work event, and I asked a few people. So how do you feel about, you know, I was in the equivalent of, of their union, right? And I was eating at the restaurant that is um, manned by students. And I asked my server and a couple of the other, you know, people in the restaurant, so how do you feel about joining the Big Ten? And to a person, they all looked at me and said, what's the Big Ten? Okay, there was, there was little, if any, ripple of excitement, at least among the people that I talked to. Now... The weird thing, I just got back from a trip to the Virginia, Maryland, Washington, D.C. area. And 
for the first time I ever remember, I actually, you know, because I'm wearing my Michigan stuff when I'm not working, I actually got a fair amount of grief and ribbing from people wearing Maryland things saying, hey, we're, you know, we're gunning for you this weekend. We're looking forward to the game. And I, 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 I you know, I chuckled a little bit. Um, the other thing is that this is Maryland's final home game of the season. So they're um, leveraging and promoting that, really trying to um, get fans out and students out. So it's going to be interesting. You know, now I, I'll, I'll tell you, even having been in that area the last few days and running into some Maryland folks, Clint, not only am I having trouble focusing on Michigan versus Maryland, you know, somebody, the people saying things to me kind of jolted me back to, oh, yeah, we got Maryland this week, right? But not only am I having trouble focusing on Michigan, Maryland, I'm focusing on Michigan State, Ohio State, okay? I mean, it's, 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 it's weird to, and it's a good kind of weird, right? It's a long time since Michigan has been in this position to be, um, you know, at the top of the division and really looking at the other teams in the division and not needing like 15 lightning strikes to kind of sneak up to the top. Right. Um, so again, it, it's exciting. And again, I, I know as a fan, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really getting into this game. And, and again, this podcast is, is a day or so late and, and, you know, that was my fault due to my business trip. But again, it, it's really, um, you know, I, I think this is one of those classic games where it's going to take a lot of mental discipline. They're going to have to focus on the task at hand. And, you know, what I'm worried about with Hassan Haskins is, you know, he's been getting a ton of wear and tear the last couple of games, right? And you look at this and you say, you know, this would be, you know, you don't want him injured. You really would like to see Donovan Edwards step up. I wonder what role we're going to see for J.J. McCarthy. So, it's it's a really um, interesting mix because, on one hand, yes, I think Maryland definitely has the capability to score you know two or three touchdowns in this game, but you would also hope that Michigan could get up comfortably, and get some of their starters out just so you you don't have a, a random injury. So, but again, when you start thinking like that, you know that's kind of focusing on the next week, right? Not focusing on the task at hand. So this is a weird kind of limbo-like game. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, and I, I mentioned in our preseason podcast that you know this is like the the annual Hoosier window in that week eleven you know game before playing Ohio State. This uh, this is typically the spot that's reserved for Tom Allen to come up and you know throw some wrinkles at. Uh, at Michigan on defense and, and maybe maybe have an injury problem. I remember Chase uh, Winovich a couple of years ago kind of getting jumped on by an offensive lineman uh, a little bit questionably and, and ending up a little bit hurt. And then, uh, of course, it was, it was also Indiana that kind of laid the groundwork uh, that year with the crossing routes that ended up absolutely blowing up Don Brown's defense in Columbus a week later. So, um, that's the kind of stuff that I, you know, it, this game, not necessarily Maryland, but the game before Ohio State in these years that uh, Michigan has been playing well and is in the in the Big Ten East title race at this point in the season, um, a lot of it ends up being about positioning because 
I think the main reason for me, at least, is because I know that's what Ohio State is is doing, right? If you remember a couple of years ago, Ohio State nearly losing to Maryland in College Park, um, you know, was a two point conversion away from from losing to Maryland in College Park before before that 2018 game. There's there's a ton of uh, both plays, diagrams, X's and O's, and personnel groupings and matchups that we know the Buckeyes keep on the shelf, special for Michigan. And uh, I would expect that if if Michigan really looks vanilla and sluggish this week, that the biggest thing is that they are they're trying to keep certain things back as. Uh, as they don't want to tip their hand to the Buckeyes next week because you know that you're going to get a couple things that have not been put on film uh, to this point in the season when you go in into that game with uh, with a lot on the line. So I, I don't know. I don't know how you prepare for this game without without thinking about what's coming up behind it, you know. But once you're actually going through your your game day routine or your, you know the travel routines. Once you're on the field, right? Once it's, uh, you know, once you actually got the helmet on, strapped up, it's it's about doing your job right then. And and there's no thoughts at all, of course, about what happens in a week. the The risk, I think, really is is in the preparation. And and as long as everybody is preparing 100% to uh, to handle Maryland and dispatch them accordingly, then uh, I agree it would be nice to get some of those depth players. Um, significant reps on the road uh, late in the season here show what they have, you know, how they've developed. Um, probably using JJ McCarthy to uh, to get back to some of the quarterback run game. I I would imagine that Gaddis would like to put more of that on film so that Ohio State has to prepare for that. I wouldn't be surprised to see JJ out there again with a couple more of the the read option runs, and then uh, you know get out of there healthy. By, by playing well and, and getting uh, getting some depth guys in there in the second half. So, and I'm looking at Maryland's schedule, right? And you do the common opponents, and then you look at, like, the most recent games. And I think the thing that gives me pause is when they played Penn State, it was a 14-14 game in the fourth quarter before – Penn State eventually pulled away, winning 31-14. And that that kind of gives me pause a little bit. What you mentioned with Ohio State a few seasons ago, you know, heading into this season, Maryland was expected to be better than their record, okay? And we look at the record and you go, yeah, this is, you know, same old Maryland, right? But, you know, again, they were expected to be better than this. And, you know, again, the Big Ten, the thing about the Big Ten is, you know, the Big Ten, you know, everybody gets beat up and and people can shock. So, you know, I I don't want to see it, but I really hope that Michigan can come out and really seize this game, you know, by the second quarter that we're not lingering, you know, that we're not wondering at halftime when Michigan is going to put it away, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, that's the biggest thing in my mind. And, you know, it again, I, I'm, I'm not playing, I'm not coaching. So it's 
I, I kind of have an excuse to look ahead to Ohio State and to be wondering what's happening when Ohio State is playing Michigan State because there's so much on the line right now. And I think that um, it, it's going to be real hard. And, and I think what will be interesting is how this team comes out because, again, everything is still ahead of them right now. And they beat Penn State, but that was a tight game, right? Everything was pivoting right there. And just as, you know, if, if you know, we were saying last week, if Michigan State, if Michigan can't beat Penn State, then the loss at Michigan State, does, you know, is kind of irrelevant. You, you, you know, you, you, you screwed up, right? Um, the same way, if you lose to Maryland, if, if, you know, if they shock the world and lose to Maryland, then, you know, that big win against Penn State and what you do against Ohio State becomes less and less relevant. So, you know, Harbaugh called this a four-game season, and this is that, uh, you know, that, that, third quarter of that the hey don't look ahead you know you you have you take care of your business and you know the eyes of the nation will be looking at the game next week versus ohio state and the big house but you know if somehow you you stumble here and you know the other thing is is if you if you don't come out here and win convincingly you know it's going to impact the college football playoffs especially if michigan state God forbid beats Ohio State or plays them tough, you know it, it'll it'll take some of the shine off of Michigan's record. So again, a lot here to to approach, a lot to look for. So you mentioned your um, your your preseason estimates. What kind of score are you looking at now? Yeah, in the preseason, I thought it would be like thirty nine to fourteen. Um, just just knowing that Maryland typically runs out of steam coming down the, the home stretch. Uh, even in the preseason, I expected that Michigan would kind of be putting it together on both sides of the ball, as they have, you know, even quicker than I thought. So um, I, I didn't see much reason to, to deviate much from that. I, I still, when I looked and saw that Maryland is the lowest-ranked defense that Michigan's played since NIU in the third game, I wanted to say something, you know, crazy like forty-five or, or fifty-two points, um, but I, I just don't think that they're they're going to pull all the stops out and, and little really run up the score by by putting a lot on film. So I think that there's a little bit of conservatism that's going to keep that that score down a little bit on the offensive side. Defensively, like I said, I do think uh, Tungavailoa and their um, They've got one five-star receiver out there that that's a big playmaker. Again, number five, uh, he's got some speed, right? So I, I I do think that guys like that can make plays. I expect them to be able to make a couple plays, um, but I I just don't think that they can sustain anything. So I I kept thirty-nine for Michigan. I uh, I, I gave Maryland an extra field goal uh, and said thirty-nine to seventeen. A lot of that, like I said, is based on those guys have put up you know, 14 to 21 points on all of the defenses that are ranked top 25 in the SP plus. And right now Michigan is fifth. And uh, for, for Maryland, while they're 38th in offense, like I said, they, they can be dangerous. They're 73rd in defense. And if it comes down to special teams right now, they would be ranked 100th out of 130 teams in special teams. So if Michigan comes out 
focused with a lot of energy, enthusiasm, right, and uh, is making their share of big plays, right, certainly answers back when Maryland, you know, pulls a rabbit out of a hat, then uh, I don't have any concern. Michigan's going to be fine. So my preseason, I was not believing the hype about Maryland. I had them, I predicted a 45-7 score, and I'm still going to go with 45-17. I, I still think that, uh, I think Michigan, as opposed, so I think they're going to be tentative in some way, but I think they're going to come out firing. And, and I really think that um, they do realize what's, what's, what's at stake. And, and I, I expect them to roll. I expect this to be a tune-up game. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and again, I'm giving, you know, Maryland a few more points, uh, than I, than I would have prior to the season. Um, but you know, that, that's what I'm hoping to see. And I'll tell you the thing that I'm just holding my breath that Haskins doesn't get hurt because right now, um, that is the thing that keeps me up at night. Um, because again, we used to have thunder and lightning and now we just have thunder and he's great. He is the horse, right? But you have to look at it and, you know, you you know, before, you know, you would, could go with the hot hand if it was either Blake Corum or Hassan Haskins, you know, thunder and lightning, right? Well, now you just have one. And with Donovan Edwards being dinged up, if if something bad happens there, it it really, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's, you know, I'll be, I'll be holding my breath seeing, uh, how soon we can get ahead and see some of our key starters get a little, uh, get a little rest heading up to Ohio state. And that's why I would love to see an explosive first half and just, and just kind of cruise in the second half that, that I think that would be ideal. Yeah. I think the best path to see that is by, you know, by putting pressure on the quarterback, Talia Tonga Bailoa. He, he has turned the ball over a significant amount uh, this season. Like I said, he, he kind of a gunslinger. He has no problem winging it into coverage and challenging his guys to make plays. So um, he can be a little bit loose with the ball, runs backwards a little bit, right? Can take big sacks, you know, ten, you know, 10 plus yard sacks. So if you're putting pressure on him and you can come up with a couple turnovers uh, in the first half, right? Steal a couple of extra possessions, and uh, and cash those in for touchdowns and not field goals, then right playing that complimentary football in the first two quarters, you can suck the energy out of that stadium pretty quickly, and uh, and then I think we'll we'll see what what we're hoping for. Right, the the key, I think, is is getting off to that fast start, not letting them build a bunch of electricity and energy in that stadium on their last home game, and uh, letting them hang around into halftime. And then, kind of having to batten down the hatches and win win another close game, similar to what you had to do in Happy Valley. So, that would be worst case scenario. You definitely want to get out to a good start. All three units come out, you know, firing, um, uh, and and ride the emotion of your your leaders like Aiden Hutchinson and make some big plays. And uh, those defensive backs are going to get their hands on a couple of balls for sure because uh, that quarterback will throw it into coverage. 
they need to, you know, finish those plays, get the interceptions, make the big returns, you know, get everybody try, trying to take those interceptions back to the house. And uh, that's how we'll be able to see a, a score get run up a little bit and then uh, give Harbaugh and Gaddis and Mike McDonald the confidence to, to put those second, third stringers in uh, as early as the third quarter, which would be ideal for us. So let me throw you a curveball here, okay? We always talk about, well, the team is going to hold some things back, right? Some things that, you know, they want to hold a wrinkle back to, to save against Ohio State. Is there anything that this team or that you can think of that you would like to show Ohio State to make their preparation more difficult? Okay, is there anything that anything crazy or any kind of wrinkle you want to put out there that that's almost the opposite of, Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta prep for this. You never know. Right. Instead of making them guess, do you think there's ever any gamesmanship or is there anything that you'd like to see, uh, to, to, instead of like running less, do you, do you, are, do you potentially run more to give them more things to, to have to prepare for? Yeah, I, I do think that there's a there's a chance that we see that. I kind of alluded to it earlier. What I would do is uh, use JJ McCarthy more in the run game, and then uh, also dial up plays that are similar to the touchdown pass that he threw to uh, Andrew Anthony in the Michigan State game, right? Where it looks like that same um, run action with the quarterback, and, and he ends up throwing off of that. Uh, I I would like to put that into into the heads of the, the defensive coordinator coordinators in Columbus and make them think that they've got an entire package of McCarthy plays that they need to be ready for. Another thing that we've seen in the past and had some success against Ohio State uh, two years ago was the uh, Wildcat formation with Haskins taking the direct snap. That would help eliminate one of the biggest problems with Cade McNamara not being a run threat into your run game, right? So right now, some of the run plays that Michigan runs on the inside, they may be well blocked to their assignments, but the backside defensive end doesn't have to respect McNamara as a run threat at all. So as soon as he sees the the, the mesh, the run the run action, he's diving inside and helping on the running back. If you um, direct snap directly to Haskins, then you, you you gain that number back. You gain that advantage back, similar to how you know one of the best plays in 2011 was was quarterback power with with Denard Robinson because the quarterback is actively participating, and in this case, it would be Haskins. I think for them to be able to do that, you you'd need a second running back back there with them. Um, but but maybe they'll line him up with uh with with a tight end you know slash fullback. Donovan Edwards would be certainly capable of of being next to Haskins in that that wildcat look. So those are things that I think you could put out there to make uh, Ohio State prepare for. Uh, they also may be beneficial. Both of those things may be beneficial in the red zone um, as as wrinkles. And uh, if there is something that's working there, you could also you know hurry to the ball and, and quick snap that use a little bit of tempo uh, before anybody gets a, a chance to adjust. So uh, offensively, that's what I do defensively. Um, I think 
bringing Michael Barrett back into that uh, kind of a space player Viper role uh, and putting Daxton Hill back as a deep safety is a big wrinkle that now uh, Ohio State's going to have to kind of prepare for um, from the last couple weeks. And then on top of that, I think in this game we may see six defensive backs on the field, a true dime package, um, because Maryland is going to spread it out and run tempo uh, for so long. Uh, We may see an entire series where there's uh, six defensive backs, probably four down linemen, and uh, and just one linebacker, likely Josh Ross. So I will be keeping an eye out for that dime package. We haven't seen that yet to this point, but I think they will want to uh, to at least make um, make the CJ Stroud have one more thing to think about um, in terms of what he's got to prepare for, and uh, we'll see how they use that to mix it up. So, what I would like to see, and maybe not necessarily against Maryland. Maybe this is something they hold for our state. And this is why I kind of go back and forth, right? Because on one hand, okay, I was going to say it. I was watching the tape of Penn State and as dominant as Aiden Hutchinson is, I kept telling myself, you know, what would happen if you were to overload one side with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo And what happens if you would fold them? What happens if you would run stunts with them coming in from the inside rather than just from the outside, right? And I tell myself, well, I really like how the defense is is working anyway. I mean, you can't – it's hard to criticize, you know, what those guys have brought to the ball. But, man, if you were to to show that on tape or, you know, I could imagine the chaos that it would cause on the offensive line trying to account for that. But again, if, if it's so, if you don't really think you need to do that, then you show it against Maryland. So Ohio State kind of has to have it in the back of their minds. If you're going to hold something like that to, to, to drop that in Ohio State, then you don't show it against Maryland, right? So that's my thing. You know, I, I kind of look at how dominant these guys are and how do you do things that, uh, you know, the offense is not going to expect. So that's one of the things I wonder. The other thing, and you hit on it, was, you know, I don't think that we've seen Michigan sustain tempo for, for, for you know, a sustained period. So I think that would be interesting to show on tape. Um, you know, the thing that I hope they're self-scouting is that Ohio State can do tempo. And we saw um, how that wreaked havoc when Michigan State kind of, you know, did that. So... I'm wondering, you know, you can't prepare for tempo. You can't have, you know, Maryland, you can't sit, tell Maryland to run tempo so we can practice against it, right? It doesn't work that way. So I'm, I, I would love to see Maryland go to a little bit of tempo to give the defense some reps, and I'm interested in how um, Mike McDonald is going to counter that. Now, we've already seen some of the changes they've made. They've streamlined some of their personnel packages, and I, I think that's a good way to do it. But the issue you have with that is then you start running into a conditioning thing, right? Um, you want to keep guys fresh. You want to have guys moving in and out. So, again, I, I'm, you know, I said, yeah, we got to focus on Maryland. But everything I feel like I'm saying about Maryland is is pretty much in the shadow of preparing for Ohio State. 
So regardless of what Michigan wants them to run, Maryland is going to run tempo a lot, much more often than they ever uh, huddle up or, or slow it down. So we are going to be able to see directly um, some more of the adjustments that Mike McDonald has made against the spread hurry up because they, they're going to want to snap the ball uh, with you know between 25 and 30 seconds on the clock. Um, that's that's not the fastest team in the country, but they're they're probably top 25 in terms of how quickly they are going to snap the ball in between plays. So um, we'll see that. That's why I said uh, what what we're likely to see in terms of variation is likely going to be for an entire series. So uh, you know it's going to be if there's a dime package, they're going to put it out there. And you're going to get not very many opportunities to uh, to run a defensive lineman or a linebacker back out there uh, in the midst of all of that happening because it's a, it's a hurry up offense. They are, and it's not like they hurry up to the line, then check with me, look over at the sideline, and get the call. I mean, they they are going to be hurry up and then snap it. So it's uh, very much a, a test of of some of the problems that we saw Michigan State. Penn State tried to replicate some of the things that uh, Michigan State did, and I think some of those adjustments were very successful. So now this is like the full-on tempo test against the Terrapins. So I think uh, we'll, we'll get a better understanding of it. It'll be interesting to talk about on Sunday. Um, but to your to your point, this is something that we're definitely going to see. Maryland is going to to snap the ball quickly and run tempo. It's not a changeup for them. That's home base. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.